That's where we'll begin today. Luke, the 19th chapter. I encourage you to place a marker there. We will be spending most of our time together in that passage this morning. So great to see you all out today. Have a wonderful crowd here with us. We have several people who are visiting with us. We really appreciate you all coming our way. You all are our honored guest. We are so thankful that you are with us this morning. We'll begin in Luke, the 19th chapter. We all know the story. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, right? And and he climbs up in this sycamore tree because it was the Lord that he wanted to see. And so when the Savior passed that way, he looks up in that tree and he says, Zacchaeus, you come down from there, for I'm going to your house today. And so the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 19 and verse 6, just after Zacchaeus hears these words, that he hurries down from the tree and he receives the Lord joyfully. Could you imagine how Zacchaeus must have felt in this moment? The joy, the jubilation, the excitement, the thrill that must be running through his veins in this moment. Zacchaeus was a man who was not only vertically challenged, but he was a man who was socially challenged. Zacchaeus was a man who for most of his life was socially ostracized because of his occupation. He was a tax collector. But not only that, he was the chief of tax collectors. He was the supervisor to all of these thieves. He was a man who had despised his Jewish heritage and he had pledged allegiance to the heathen pagan Roman government. He spent his entire life defrauding, cheating, and robbing his own people. He was known as a worthless sinner to all, and here in this moment, he has been beckoned to host the Lord of all creation. Could you imagine the joy, the excitement, and the thrill that was running through his veins? Despite the joy that he felt, All of the crowd around him despised him. Despite his excitement, everyone else grumbled. When the crowd saw this conversation between Jesus and Zacchaeus, when they heard this conversation, they began to say to themselves, why in the world is someone as holy, righteous, and blameless as Christ spending his time with someone as worthless as Zacchaeus? Why is this man Jesus, who who professes to be the prophesied Messiah, hanging out with worthless scum like Zacchaeus? Why in the world is this happening? Friends, the Bible is very clear on why Jesus was spending his time with Zacchaeus. Christ spent his time with Zacchaeus because Christ came to this earth to seek and to save those who were lost. As the story continues, after the grumbling, the text says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 8, that Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Verse 9, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man 
came to seek and to save who was lost. This is why Christ spent his time with Zacchaeus. Jesus spent his time with this worthless man because Jesus came to seek and he came to save worthless people. And so the question we ask ourselves this morning is, how? How in the world was Zacchaeus able to turn his life around? How in the world was Zacchaeus able to get to a point in his life where he was so humble that he ran through a crowd? Remember, Zacchaeus was a rich man. Rich people didn't run during these days. But Zacchaeus had gotten to a point in his life where he was willing to run through a crowd. He was willing to climb up a tree hastily climbed down that tree after he was called by the Lord. He received the Lord joyfully. He acknowledged Christ as Lord. He got to a point in his life where he was willing to give to the poor. He was willing to right his wrongs. And he received salvation from the Lord. The question that we ask ourselves this morning is, how did he get to that point? How was Zacchaeus able to turn his life around? Zacchaeus was able to turn his life around because Jesus did some things for him. Zacchaeus was motivated to turn his life around because Christ had a solid reputation. Christ's solid reputation motivated Zacchaeus to turn his life around. Here in this passage, Jesus enters into Jericho. There are scores of people around him. Because of his stature, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus. So he runs through this crowd and he climbs up a tree just to see the Lord. The text says that Zacchaeus was seeking the Lord. By his actions, it is very clear that Zacchaeus was thoroughly impressed with Jesus. By his actions, it is very clear that Zacchaeus heard some great things about Jesus. Maybe he heard how this Jesus was the son of a virgin. Maybe he heard about how this Jesus professed to be the prophesied Messiah. Perhaps he heard about the wonders, the miracles, and the signs. Maybe Zacchaeus heard about how Jesus spent his time with tax collectors and sinners just like himself. Maybe Zacchaeus heard about how Jesus claimed to be the Savior of the world. These facts caused him to be very impressed with Jesus. Christ's solid reputation caused Zacchaeus, it motivated him to turn his life around. But not only that, not only did Christ's solid reputation motivate this sinful man to turn his life around, but the fact that Jesus, the man who Zacchaeus sought, the fact that Jesus saw him motivated Zacchaeus to turn his life around. Jesus saw that man sitting in a tree. The text says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 5. Luke 19 verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. The New King James Version says that he looked up and he saw him. Jesus is in Jericho. There are multitudes of people who are surrounding him. And out of all of these people who are surrounding our Lord... Our Lord looks up in a tree and he sees a sinful, short man sitting in that tree. Jesus locked eyes with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had Christ's attention. Could you imagine the joy, 
the thrill, the excitement and the jubilation that Zacchaeus must have felt in this moment. This man who claimed to be the savior of the world noticed him. Picture this. Your favorite athlete, celebrity, or politician is making his way into Spring Hill, Tennessee. There are hundreds and thousands of people around him. You want to see him so bad that you climb on top of this church building. And out of all of the people in Spring Hill, out of all of the multitudes of people who are surrounding your favorite athlete, LeBron James looks at you and stares you in the face and he has your attention. Can you imagine? How wonderful that would feel. This is how Zacchaeus must have felt in this moment. Jesus saw him. And because Christ saw him, Zacchaeus was motivated to turn his life around. But not only that, not only did Christ see him, but Jesus spoke to him. And because Christ spoke to him, Zacchaeus was motivated to turn his life around for good. The text says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. Not only did Jesus look at this man, but out of all the people in this crowd, out of all the people who are surrounding Jesus, Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus. And I want you to notice, Jesus didn't look up at him and speak to him and say, hey, man. He didn't look up to him and say, hey, dude. He didn't look up to him and say, hey, there. No, in this moment, Jesus saw Zacchaeus in that tree and he said, hey, Zacchaeus. He addressed this man by name. He gave Zacchaeus his undivided attention. He made Zacchaeus feel worthy. He made him feel valuable. He made him feel known. Can you imagine the joy the excitement, the thrill that he must have felt in this moment. Picture this. Your favorite athlete, celebrity, politician is making his way into Spring Hill, Tennessee. And you want to see him so bad. You sit on top of the church building and get a good look at him. And he looks at you dead in your face. And Will Smith says, hey, Jeffrey Vernon, come down from there. He addresses you by name. He makes you feel special. He makes you feel known. Oh, how wonderful that must have been. This is how Zacchaeus felt. Zacchaeus was motivated to turn his life around because of Jesus' phenomenal character, because Jesus saw him sitting in that tree, because Jesus spoke to him and addressed him by name, and because Christ spent time with him. Jesus spent time with Zacchaeus. The text says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Out of all the people here in Jericho, out of the hundreds and thousands of people who are surrounding our Lord He notices Zacchaeus. He speaks to Zacchaeus. He addresses Zacchaeus by name. And he says, I want to stay with you today. I want to spend my time with you. Oh, the excitement. Oh, the thrill. Oh, the joy. Oh, the jubilation that he must have felt in this moment. He felt important. He felt valued. He felt worthy. He felt appreciated. And for this reason, he was motivated to turn his life around for good. 
after Jesus says, hey, I'm going to spend my time with you, the crowd grumbles. The text says in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 6, So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. They are absolutely right. Yes, Jesus did go into the home of this sinful man. Yes, Jesus did see this sinful man. Yes, Jesus did speak to this sinful man. Yes, Jesus did acknowledge this sinful man by name because Christ came to this earth to seek and to save those who are lost. The text continues to say in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 8 that Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today. Salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. How? How did salvation enter into the home of a sinful man? How did this sinful man get to a point in his life where he was able to receive the Lord joyfully? How did this sinful man get to a point in his life when he was able to devote himself to giving back to the poor? How did this sinful man get to a point in his life where he was able to right all of his wrongs? How did this sinful man receive salvation? He received salvation because Jesus spent some time with him. He received salvation because Jesus noticed him. Jesus spoke to him. Jesus loved him. And Jesus saved him. Today is March, excuse me, May the 5th, 2019. And we're living in a world full of people much like Zacchaeus. We are living in a world full of sinful, wretched, despicable human beings who are looking for something better. We are living in a world full of people who are looking for answers. They're trying to find satisfaction. They're trying to fill this void in their lives. They're trying to fill this hole in their lives. We are living in a world full of people who are looking for Jesus. They know about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. They've read about Jesus. But sadly, there are some things in their lives that are keeping them from being fully devoted and fully committed to Jesus. They're looking for Jesus, but sadly, there are some things in their lives that are keeping them from seeing Jesus. Zacchaeus' height held him back from seeing Jesus. Doubt discouragement, greed, covetousness, worldly wisdom, education, politics, social media. All of these are factors that are holding so many people back from seeing Jesus. All of these worldly things are factors that are holding so many people back from being fully devoted to the Lord. And so the question we ask ourselves this morning is, What can we do? How can we help this world see Jesus? How can we help this world become more committed to the Lord? Well, Jesus was able to help Zacchaeus become more 
committed to him by noticing him, by speaking to him, and by spending time with him. And ladies and gentlemen, if we want this world to come to know Christ, if we want this world to see Jesus, then we must walk in step with our Savior. Like Christ, we must make sure that we have a solid reputation. It was Christ's reputation that motivated Zacchaeus to turn his life around. And if we want to motivate people in this world to turn their lives around, then we must be the change that we wish to see in this world. Evangelism starts with self. We have to make sure that we are serving the Lord. We have to make sure that we are faithful to God. We must make sure that we are glorifying God in all that we say and do. That is the only way that the world will come to Christ. That is the only way that the world will come to know Christ when we examine the speck in our eyes, Matthew chapter 7, before we can talk about the plank. Excuse me. We have to examine the plank in our eyes before we can talk about the speck in someone else's eye. We have to examine ourselves. We have to make sure that we are faithfully serving the Lord. We must make sure that we have a solid reputation. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, when we let our lights shine, when we live for Jesus, men in this world, women in this world, sinful people will see our good works and they will in turn glorify God. When we have a good reputation, when we are doing what is right, sinful people will glorify God. In 1 Peter chapter 2, as the apostle Peter is writing to suffering Christians all over the world, he is encouraging them by reminding them of who they are. He tells them that they are a royal priesthood. They are a chosen race. They are a people for the Lord's own possession. They are people who have been called out of darkness into the Lord's marvelous light. They are a people who once were not a people, but now they are God's people. And he says to them in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 11, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, guess what will happen? They will see your good deeds and glorify God. When you keep your conduct among this world honorable, when you abstain from the passions of the flesh, when you live your life for the Lord, when you serve Jesus, when you make sure that you have a solid reputation, Sinful people will in turn glorify God. If we want change to happen, we must be the change that we wish to see. If we want sinful men and women to come to know the Lord, then we, just as Jesus did, must have a solid reputation. But not only that, if we want to motivate people to know the Lord, then we, just as Jesus did, must see them. We must see them. Zacchaeus was able to see Jesus. He was able to come to know who Jesus truly was. He was able to experience the love, the grace, and the mercy that Christ offers because Christ saw him first. Christ looked at him with love. He looked at him with compassion. He looked at him with mercy. That's how Christ saw people all throughout time. 
In Mark chapter 9, as Jesus is making his way into the villages, he's teaching and preaching in the synagogues. He's healing the sick. He's doing all of these wonderful things. And the text says, when he saw the crowd, he looked at them with compassion because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He looked upon them with compassion. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 34, just before he feeds the 5,000, he looked at them with compassion. And he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. In Mark chapter 8, just before he feeds the 4,000, he looked upon them with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. In Luke chapter 7 and verse 13, as Jesus and his disciples are making their way into the city of Nain, a dead man is being carried out. This man was the only son of his mother who was a widow. And when Jesus sees this widow, the text says that he looked at her with compassion. All throughout his life, Christ saw people in a spirit of love, grace, mercy, and compassion. And because he looked at people in that way, because he saw people in that way, they were brought to him. They were able to turn their lives around. If we want to encourage people in this world to turn their lives around, then we must look at them through the lenses of our Savior. We must see them with a spirit of love, Grace, mercy, and compassion. We must have such a burning desire to, 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 to bring them to Christ and introduce them to Christ that, that, that we spend all of our time, all of our energy, all of our efforts striving to, to, to talk to people and to walk with people and to encourage people and to motivate them to come to know the Lord. Jude says in Jude verses 22 and 23 that we must love our neighbors so much that we have a desire to snatch them from the fire and save them. That's how we should look at people, as precious souls who need the salvation of the Lord. Precious souls. Look at that man in the grocery store as a precious soul who needs a Savior. Look at your next door neighbor as a precious soul who needs a Savior. Look at your classmate as a precious soul who needs a Savior. This is how we must see people. We pray for opportunities. We pray for growth. The Lord gives us opportunities every single day. The harvest, Matthew chapter 9, the harvest is truly, truly plentiful. We must take advantage of that. See people in a spirit of love. Look at people the way Christ saw them. If we want change to happen, if we want to encourage people to come to the Lord, then we must make sure that we have a solid reputation. We must make sure that we're serving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We must see people as lost. We must have love, care, and concern for them. See them the way Christ saw them. And we must also speak to them. Jesus spoke to Zacchaeus. He talked to Zacchaeus. That's what we must do. We must speak to people. We have been called to speak to people. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, Jesus in his great commission says, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. In Matthew's account, in Matthew chapter 18, 28, verse 18 through 20, he says, go into all of the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. The only way that we can teach The only way that we can preach, the only way that we can proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ is by opening up our mouths and speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
if we don't open up our mouths and speak, the world will never come to know him. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without someone preaching to them? How shall this world hear about Jesus without someone speaking to them? We must spend time talking to people about Jesus. It does us no good. It does us absolutely zero good to see people in this world around us, see that they need a Savior, have all of this knowledge. We come to church on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, Wednesday nights. We come to Bible studies throughout the week. We have this knowledge. It does us absolutely no good to see people out in this world, have all of this knowledge, and not share this knowledge. That is our duty. That is what we are called to do. Preach the gospel to all creation. If we want change to happen, if we want to motivate people, if we want to encourage people to come to know the Lord, then we must speak to them about the Lord. But not only that, fourth and finally, we must spend time with them. We must spend time with people in this world. Jesus not only saw Zacchaeus, he not only spoke to him, but he spent time with him. He made Zacchaeus feel special. He made him feel important. He made him feel worthy. We must spend time with people in this world. Jesus was constantly spending his time with people in this world. Yes, he was a righteous man. Yes, he was a holy man. Yes, he was a blameless man. But he was called a glutton and a wine-bibber. Why? Because he spent his time with gluttons and wine-bibbers. Jesus went to, to wedding parties. Jesus attended funerals. He was constantly with people in this world. Are we supposed to be of the world? No, we're not called to be like the world. But friends, we live in this world. And we must spend time with people in this world. We are ambassadors for Christ who have been entrusted with a message of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 18 through 20. We have been trusted with a message of reconciliation. And if we only spend our time with people who have been reconciled, if we only spend our time with people who look like us, people who think like us, people who make the same type of decisions as we do, if we only spend our time with people who have been reconciled, then we are not fulfilling what we are called to do. We have been trusted by the Lord with a message of reconciliation, and so we must be talking to people, walking with people, getting to know people, spending time with people who are not reconciled. The Apostle Paul makes this point very clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 to the Christians uh, in Corinth. They were tolerating a man who was, who was living in sin. Paul says, put that man out of the church. But I'm not, speaking of, I'm not speaking of people in this world who you shouldn't associate with. I'm speaking about Christians who are living in sin. But if I was telling you to disassociate yourself from people in this world, you would have to go out of this world. We cannot go out of this world. We live in this world, and so we must spend our time with people in this world. No, no, we don't want to be conformed to this world. No, we do not want to be like people of this world. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, we must be transformed. But our goal is to transform other souls 
and encourage them to come to Christ. And the only way that we can do that is if we spend time with them. Every single day that we get up, we must set our heart to walk in the steps of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Walk in those same steps that 2,000 years ago entered into a city of Jericho and saw this short, sinful man sitting in a tree. Walk in the same steps that saw that man. Walk in the same steps that spoke to that man. Walk in the same steps that acknowledged that man by name. Walk in the same steps that spent time with that man. Walk in the same steps of a man by the name of Jesus who saved a short, sinful man from his sins. That should be our goal every single day to all of the souls around us who are living in sin, but they are seeking answers. They are living in sin, but something is holding them back. They are living in sin, but all of the cares, concerns, and riches of this world are keeping them from seeing Jesus. And friends, if we want them to see Jesus, then we must walk in the steps of our Savior. We must make sure that we have a solid reputation. We must see the lost. We must speak to the lost. We must spend time with the lost. And when we do this, just as was happened in Luke chapter 19, salvation will enter into their house because Christ came to seek and to save those who are lost. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we come to you now humbled before your high and exalted throne We thank you so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We thank you so much for examples in scripture like Zacchaeus. We thank you for the desire that he had to come to know your son, Jesus. And we thank you for the love that Christ showed Zacchaeus. We pray that we will emulate this same type of love in our lives as we go about living in a world full of sin. We pray that we will be motivated to encourage others to come to know you. We thank you so much for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and the hope that it gives us. We ask these things in his name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, this is the perfect opportunity to become one. You do that by hearing the word of God, believing the word of God, believing that Jesus Christ is his son, repenting and turning away from your sins, confessing the precious name of Jesus, and having your sins completely washed away in baptism. If you've done that before, but you've fallen away, you've made mistakes, and you would like to make things right this morning, please come to the front while we stand and sing the song of invitation.